Welcome to the Hey Soul Sister podcast, where Mel Histon will guide you through life's big questions and bring you one step closer to doing this crazy journey as best you can. Hey Soul Sisters, I have two very special guests with me today in the podcast studio. I have one of our favourites, our Soul Sister favourites, Kaz Amos. How are you doing, Kaz? I'm doing really well. I wish everyone could hear me smile because <laughs> I've got a big smile on my face for being here. So for those of you who don't know Kaz, Kaz is a wonderful counsellor and psychotherapist, um, soon to be psychologist. Halfway on the pathway, I keep saying. Halfway on the pathway to becoming mm-hmm. a psychologist with yes. over 25 years experience yeah. in counselling. And she's also one of our Got Your Back Sister uh, counsellors and workshop facilitators, helping women, uh, helping them to begin again after and rebuild their lives after experiencing domestic violence. Yes, that's what we do. That's what we do. And I have another guest today. I have Miss Joanne Buckingham or as we like to call her, Joey. So Joey also works for Got Your Back Sister as our programs coordinator. Hey, Joey. Hey, Mel. How are you doing? Good. So for those of you who don't know Got Your Back Sister and go, what the hell is Mel waffling about? So Got Your Back Sister um, is a charity that I founded nearly five years ago now, and we're all about empowering women to thrive after leaving a violent relationship after escaping domestic violence because the trauma of violence can really destroy a woman's confidence her self-esteem um i'm getting dramatic a little bit but her soul her being would you agree Kaz? you're nodding i would absolutely agree with that and i you know that idea that uh someone is deconstructed in small ways initially and then in big ways eventually that's where the rebuilding and reconnecting and all of the programs that we get to do together at um, got your back sister that's why they're there because that that type of person in our life destroys absolutely and especially um joey joey's on the on the front line in that she um is probably the first person that a woman meets when they come to got your back sister looking for some advice or some information or wanting to roll in uh, to our programs so they meet joey first up so joey probably hears a lot of the stories firsthand absolutely they're very brave when they take those first few steps into HQ. Absolutely. It's something, a really brave step for them to do. Absolutely. And quite often as well, we're getting more and more women reach out to us who actually haven't left that violent relationship as yet, but they are recognising that it's not a healthy relationship, that it's actually abusive and they're not quite sure what to do or where to go. So Joey's probably the first person that they meet. And then Kaz, beautiful Kaz, runs our our programs and our counselling. Yeah, so they get to, I suppose, download with Joey and find where they can have some space to be heard, I think. And you're the initial face there. When people do bravely knock on that door, you can almost feel the nerves from people on the other side when they come in. Yep, and Kaz is all about rebuilding. What a team. Yeah. So (laughs) I suppose why I have both Joey and Kaz in here today is because one of the things I feel is really important and we've actually started running this in schools is education around healthy versus unhealthy relationships but more specifically what are some of what they call red flags for a potentially abusive relationship and the interesting thing is you know as I've gone on this whole journey 
learning around learning about domestic violence um you know and i i learned about what those red flags are for identifying a potentially abusive relationship i was really shocked at what some of them were because they're not what you think you don't just start dating somebody one day and they smack you across the chops you know like and i'm not i'm not I'm making fun of that or anything like that, but I go, you know, it's that doesn't happen. There are usually small signs and things that you see before that escalates to a point of violence. Um, you know, and I remember myself a few years ago, I was somewhere and I can't remember where it was, but I was in a public place and I remember I saw a poster on the wall and it was an awareness poster and it said, you know, one of the signs to look out for for a potentially abusive relationship is you start dating somebody and they put you on a pedestal straight away. Yeah, there's that feeding into your lack of self-esteem or maybe knowing that there is a... You might have that gap or that need to be needed and loved and wanted and it's an easy place to fall into when somebody instantly adores you and Mm. you just want to feed that back to them as well. Absolutely. So, you know, I suppose in terms of educating people, and this is around education and talking about red flags, that is so interesting because that is such a key red flag. You know, if you meet somebody straight away and they instantly put you on a pedestal and, you know, if they're telling you that they love you within the first week or so, that is a red flag. And it's probably something we need to share with our with our kids as well, our teenagers that are that are starting relationships. Because I, I know I, I've seen with some of our teens that it's like there's this thing like, I love you, I love you, I love you. But it can actually not be a positive or a sign of a healthy relationship. And Mel, I think with our women, a lot of them come in and they go, looking back now, I can see all the signs, but I just didn't know it then. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. I remember a few years ago in a, in a workshop, uh, there was a 19 year old girl that was in there and she had been in a relationship that had turned abusive. It was a two year relationship. So she's a 19 year old girl. She's still a baby. And again, a, a red flag was that he had started to be quite nasty to her and was buying all her family gifts. Hmm. Like and, a side door kind yeah. of entry. And when we were talking about red flags and things, she was like, oh, my goodness, I can see now he was grooming my family. So they didn't believe me when I started saying that I don't feel right about this. This isn't right. This isn't right. And they're like, what are you talking about? He's great because he was buying them mm. gifts and grooming them. Yeah. Interesting. The grooming is the key word, yeah. isn't it? It's like a behavior that draws people in that really draws attention to you as very likable and people kind of want to be on your side and that is part of that I suppose that imagery that yeah everything's fine it's beautiful there are no problems here yeah how could there be I'm a great person let's get soulful on social media search the sister code Facebook page and follow us on Instagram So Kaz, going back to the first red flag that I talked about and you start dating somebody and they put you on a pedestal straight away, why is that, do you think, that that happens and why is it not a great thing? I guess it comes back to the individual who is on the pedestal and maybe a lack of a sense of enoughness. And I know we talked about this when we talked about narcissists, that um, they have this incredible ability to find the people who 
or the women in our in this conversation who don't feel as if they ha- are enough already and that then is the place where the person walks in the door and says yes you are you're enough you're more than enough you're totally amazing and for somebody whose self-esteem has maybe suffered for some time or they've never had that in their own home or to um, not sound cliche but acknowledge that there are patterns to this attention of a missing father or an absent father can often leave an open door for someone to walk through uh, that is targeting a vulnerable person a vulnerable woman in that um, instance and I suppose Joey we meet many women who they want love absolutely they're craving it yeah yeah they want to feel loved and I suppose when people feel in love they get that hit of the dopamine drug so it's a lovely feeling especially if they've already come from a domestic violent relationship. They've come from that and then they've got this other person that's just throwing all their affection to them and they think it's amazing. Yeah. Well, their home, their home life as a child, maybe they saw violence around them and that's not what they want. So to invite somebody in who loves them is completely the opposite and yet could be an open door for that person to walk through. Absolutely. And and the interesting thing is I'm going to go on to the next red flag which is love bombing and that's actually a term red flag term which is you know probably follows on from that putting someone on a pedestal but it's like love bombing them constantly it's like straight away early in a relationship where you know I suppose relationships generally take time to develop a healthy relationship starting it's like agree yep yeah you get to know you get to know each other you go on a few dates (laughs) or you chat yes isn't that what happens now to <laughs> chat with each other first online form yeah. some connection yeah absolutely and I guess you kind of learn what do you have in common what do you like doing together are you in sync or not and if you're not you kind of move on or you've stay together but with the love bombing that's you know showering with gifts and you know constantly telling someone that like early on that you love them I remember I dated a guy when I was 17 and within three days he told me he loved me and you're not married to him now right no I didn't think so (laughs) and and it never progressed actually to be honest that freaked me out but actually I I didn't go oh my god that's amazing he loves me I was like that's really weird you told me you love me after three days I'm feeling icky about that out the door yeah yeah. The thing with the bombing, there's a reason that word is bomb because it's like a switch, it's an on-off switch. It's all love or it's all not. And so that then plays with our psychology. It plays with that dopamine and the craving of but that attention was amazing and now it's nothing. And so, you know, that behaviour that got the the person on a pedestal that put me on a pedestal, I'm going to do more and more of that. And um, that we talk about fawning as a behaviour that feeds into an avoidance of fear of when we're avoiding something terrible and we might fawn, we might run around and make sure that everything's right and in order. And so can you even hear, in, in if those are my actions, I'm preparing my life, my space, like yeah, for someone else to live in peacefully, not for me to live in peacefully but for someone else to. Mm-hmm. So that bomb is a bomb. It goes off real big and then it goes very silent yeah 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 and that leads on I suppose in terms of love bombing to my next red flag which is constant texting bombarding with texts very early on actually even that can become a really controlling behavior 
later on in an abusive relationship, but early on. And again, I, I kind of go in this day and age of social media and, um, and, you know, kids, I suppose our kids, they're constantly texting each other. But I know when um, I've done a, a talk at some high schools around texting, you know, I suppose the thing is, it's like if you just start dating someone and they're texting you constantly, but they're checking in and wanting to know where you are, what you're doing, what you're wearing, pumping you for information, red flag. Yeah, I would say that uh, it depends on the conversation that they're having with the text messages because our kids aren't yeah. going backwards and forwards saying how much they love one another. It's these simple words, but then when it's when they're in a relationship, like you hear of the ladies having up to 20 to 30 text messages in a matter of hours, that's not healthy and it starts consuming them as well. Do you know what? That's a really great point. And, and that's the thing. It's the excessiveness and it's around, okay, I actually know somebody who was getting 50 to 60 texts a day from a partner but it was checking in. Where are you? What are you doing? Who are you with? What are you wearing? You know, and so early on in a relationship, you can take that as, oh, they are just interested. They really love me. They really like me. They're just checking in to make sure that I'm okay. And that can be an excuse. I'm just checking in to see if you're okay. But actually, there's a level of insecurity in that person that they constantly have to check in. And I think when you feel it's starting to invade your own space, that it's interfering with your life, well, then that's when it's definitely an issue. Yeah. Although I do try to turn it around mentally and imagine somebody sitting there because some of the text messages I've seen are like scrolling, scrolling. And I'm, I just, well, I'm still like a one finger texter. So I imagine, <laughs> I imagine this very narcissistic person on the end of the phone just sitting there for hours, one finger texting. And all the while they're doing that, they're not living their own life. Yeah. Oh. What a shame. You know, like you could use your time a little better. Yeah. Try doing it with two thumbs. You might get faster. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it, it's that excessive amount of um, attention to something that, you know, actually an instance I saw someone just handed me the phone and said, hey, could you just read this? I can't handle it. I know what's going to be there. Can you read over it and then help me to, to form a response? And, um, and we were able to do that. But the fact that she couldn't even read it herself was a testament to she knew what was coming mm. so yeah. yeah an awareness there of what I can handle and what I can't yeah is um really something we need to know about ourselves absolutely want to fill your soul with more go to the sisterco.com that leads on to my next red flag which is being excessively jealous and questioning questioning so I suppose you know from the being bombarded love bond being bombarded with text messages and then starting to see the whole jealousy thing especially early on and excessive you know total red flag absolutely and a sign that the person you're with has massive issues around the security of who they are Mm. who they believe they are yeah which I think is what I had read before when I was doing I think the DV alert course you know and they were talking about going through some of the red flags in that course that I did and um, which is run by Lifeline it's amazing if ever you get a chance to do it it's really great just to learn generally about domestic violence of different types what you do if you have a friend or somebody that comes to you and they share with you that they're experiencing some non-healthy behaviors Mm -hmm. and about how you actually support that person it's a really really great course but I remember in that course, you know, they were talking about 
the whole the love bombing the texting and then starting to see those signs of jealousy and really all of that does come from the insecurity of the person that is you know showing those unhealthy behaviors those red flags because someone who's confident within themselves they're not doing that they have total trust and you know like they're not behaving in that way they kind of trust you they're looking forward to courting you they don't need the reassurance every five seconds that i'm all right i'm all right i'm all right and I think that's when you're getting me? those text messages and you then start becoming insecure yourself. And then that's when the questioning of your own self as to what am I doing here? You know, mm. I, I can't reach out. I can't do that because this person's so jealous of the people I'm hanging out with. So that makes you, the person receiving the text, really question themselves as well. Yeah, second-guessing their own behaviour. Yeah. yeah. yeah, And that can totally escalate. Out of control. Yeah. 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 And when that jealousy becomes jealousy of friends and family, and you know, that's the next red flag is that you're dating somebody or you're with somebody and they actually start telling you they don't really like your friends. They don't really like your family. They try and discourage you from doing things with certain members of the family or with certain friends. And they try and isolate you away from those people. That's a total red flag. And again, it comes from that person's insecurity because they don't feel confident within themselves. And so they, they want to keep you to themselves. So they slowly start to move you away from those people in your life. The control, that aspect of control, which doesn't look like control, it looks like concern initially, but eventually, and I suppose because small concessions are made along the way. And, and, and so we're not talking, as you said, at the very beginning, you wake up and there's a, an instant violence. These are small Ice kick motions, yes, which chip away at your soul and your confidence and your little, what you believed in yourself and the friends that you loved or the family that you care about, when they start to fall away and it does gradually end up being you and that one person alone feeling very much disconnected from everyone else, that sense of self-esteem is is uh, really shattered yeah there's an excellent youtube clip that i love it's called why domestic violence victims don't leave i think it could have been a ted talk i'm pretty sure it was i first watched it about five years ago and it is awesome it's this really well-spoken woman who shared her story about when she was 17 she got her dream job uh i think she was 17 she could be 19 but she got her dream job um as a journalist in new york and how she'd moved to new york city and how she had met a guy there and you know she just got her dream job she got an apartment and she got a first credit card and she was on this journey of starting her life as a young woman and she met this guy and they fell madly in love and she said right from the beginning he was just shelled her with love and then she said it was like they were in their own little world and it was um you know just wonderful and then um they decided that they got engaged and he was like oh look I think we need to actually move from New York I think why don't we go live in the country he might have gotten a job in that area she she left her dream job went and moved to this small country town in America (laughs) and um and all of a sudden she was on her own she was no not near you know her family friends um her support network and um you know she started to see some things that were not right and then one day I think she said it was a week before her wedding he punched her was it punched her in the head I think was that the first one it was something like that and it shocked her it was absolutely shocked her and from then and she said she still married him so the wedding was a week later and she still married him because she went into 
I can fix this. I can make this better. You know, and then he got to the point after a few years, you know, it escalated because it does escalate. You know, he started threatening her with guns and that sort of thing. He choked her and she didn't tell anybody because of the shame and guilt Mm. around that. It's terrible, the idea that I should be ashamed of something that I didn't choose. Yeah. And so the whole point is people go, why don't domestic violence victims leave? Because she said it's such a slippery slope. There were red flags there, but she didn't know about those red Mm. flags. And it's a slippery slope. It didn't have, she said, well, I didn't wake up one day and he said, by the way, I'm going to physically abuse you and I'm going to move you away. I'm going to do all these things to you. She said it was this whole process, you know, of grooming. But there were those red flags there. And to her credit, she ended up leaving and now she's remarried and has a beautiful life and a husband with three kids. And she's giving TED Talks about her experience. But she said, you know, this the shame and guilt around not being able to save him or make that work. You know, she really took that on herself, which is what a lot of women do. They go into, I can save him. I can make this better. That actually is something I'm doing, which, sorry, I'm just raving on here, but I'm going, you, you, I mean, you two see it all the time. I, I agree. And I think when we went to school, there wasn't, there wasn't any talk about healthy relationships where these days it's been discussed more. Yeah. We didn't, there was no red signs, red flags or anything like that when we were going to school that you were educated on. No, I think there would have been the ideal of Prince Charming riding along on a, on a white horse um, ready to save yes. me and um, provide my life for me. And that's such a false idea of what it is to be a human being and to achieve and to do things on your own and then join that together with somebody else who's also doing that, not rehabilitating people who are maybe broken or have experienced terrible things in their own life. And I don't know enough about perpetrators, but I wonder too if it's also a slippery slope for the perpetrator. You know, I don't know whether they start at the beginning of a relationship and go, oh, this is it, I'm going to take this one down. I'm not really (laughs) sure that that's how it works. I, I have a feeling it doesn't work like that. And if I knew more, I could probably speak more to that. But there's that idea of what, you know, you can take, you take what you can get and then you take a little bit more and then you take a little bit more and it feels, uh, you know, okay. And the other person makes it okay Mm. to a degree by not speaking up. Yeah. And I suppose you too see the impact that that has, the detrimental impact, traumatic impact it has on the women that we see that come to Got Your Back Sister. And we see it like we have ladies or women that come in that actually lose sight of what they're talking about because they're that traumatized and they lose the conversations that they're having and they apologize i'm so sorry i've just completely forgot what i'm talking about but that is a trauma that their brain has incurred by constant um, violence that leads me on to the next red flag which is criticism constant put downs telling you that you're crazy you're imagining things it's all in your head you're unattractive you're fat like getting really quite nasty and critical yeah. And when I'm talking to couples doing um, relationship counselling, um, one of the places that I draw a lot of my information from is the Gottman Institute. And they have uh, part of their model, I guess, is uh, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, which are four um, factors in a relationship that will aid in that relationship's destruction. And criticism is like number one because it, it doesn't just chip away the person who's delivering the criticism probably doesn't feel that great about it either. So, you know, there's that the two sides of that, um, that critical nature 
of pulling somebody apart and then somebody being pulled apart by it, but it is a sign that that relationship is highly dysfunctional and dealing with criticism, it's just terrible as a, as a human mm. to be around somebody who criticises you all the time. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I hear stories yeah. from people saying, oh, every time I see my grandmother, she's like, um, you know, oh, don't do that. That's going to make you fat. Oh, look at you, you yeah. big this or, um, oh, that's not very successful or oh, I can't believe you're doing that. And all of those small comments, that they're like beginner's level. And then you start passing them down to your own children. Like next minute, you you can hear yourself say some of these criticisms. Hang on, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go into another red flag, which is the old B word, boundaries. I thought (laughs) (laughs) I nearly said a different one. (laughs) Do you want to share what you thought I was going to say? No, we say we say itchy in our house. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. No boundaries and not respecting your boundaries, overstepping your boundaries. A simple way that we do boundaries is to ask what's okay, what's not okay. So it doesn't come with the word rules. We just ask ourselves, was that okay for me or is that not okay? And then I have permission to speak Mm. up and say, you know what you said just then is not okay for me. It might be okay for you, but it's not okay for me. Mm. Um, So, you know, boundaries, it's such a big word and it has such um, a heavy weight. from every, every individual. That's right, because what's okay for one person is not okay for another. But only me, as the individual, will know that for myself. Yeah. My next red flag is control and actually trying to control you and what you do. Like in a previous relationship, I had a partner. He told me I wasn't allowed to have a mobile phone, and he was. And actually was serious he had a mobile phone and I did not and I was too young and naive to actually recognize that that was a big red flag and not okay I kind of just I was young and accepted that and it was actually my dad pulled me up and he was like you're actually an independent person and you can actually have that if you want he has no right to tell you that you're not allowed to do that. And I told that to school kids. I say that, imagine if you had a a friend that said you're not allowed to have a mobile phone and they enforced that. And they look at me shocked going, oh, my God. I can hear the collective gasp right now. (gasps) Yeah. What? No phone. I know. But isn't it funny? I go, I now, I didn't recognise that, you know, as a red flag, that controlling behaviour. I just kind of was like, oh, okay. But I really want, no, you can't, you can just use my phone when you need it. You're not having one. And we've had um, women also that have been controlled by money. The the partner oh. gives them money, and then when they're not doing the right thing, well, the money's stripped away, and they get no, you know, money to to buy what they need. Mm. So or that's not a- enough, like just enough to make ends meet, but not enough to um, have any uh, personal um, yes. things for themselves. Meanwhile, the partner does. Yeah, that financial abuse again. I think that's one of those things that's very hidden and very shameful as well. Yes. There's a lot of shame attached to it yeah. because the women who aren't waiting for the man on the white horse um, have been brought up to say, no, you're a fully independent and they're singing Beyonce's all the ladies are independent and the shame of not being that woman is hard to swallow, I guess, yeah. in um, a world where we are now where women are very independent and yeah. can exercise financial um, control over their own earnings. Yeah. And we can earn as much as fellas. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Soonish. We're not quite there yet, but, you know, for some of us we are, yes. Want to save your soul? 
Review us on Apple Podcast. And I'm going to say next red flag, which is kind of a little bit, I suppose, of a more worrying red flag, is when you have a, a partner and they're forcing you th- to do things that you don't want to do. With boundaries, it's the extension of boundaries, forcing you to do things you don't want to do, especially sexual things. Massive red flag. Yep. Is the word consent jumping into anyone's mind? It is now. It is now. We've all done the Love Bites training, which is a program for high school students written about addressing healthy and unhealthy habits. Healthy relationships versus unhealthy relationships. Thank you, yes. (laughs) And identifying power and control. That's what I was trying to say. And in that, there is a video on consent about the cup of tea. Do I want a cup of tea? No, thank you. (laughs) Here's half a cup of tea. No, I don't want any tea. Well, here's a little bit of tea. I said no to the tea. But I made you a cup of tea. You need to drink that tea. Yes. You don't have to drink the tea. It's just a cup of tea and you can say no. Uh, And and it was, for me, a very um, eye-opening cartoon and you can Google it. It's on YouTube. It's called Tea and Consent. Tea and Consent, that's right. And it's an interesting thing because when I went back to uni at 45, I had to do a whole unit on consent in order to, um, as at the same time that you do it on plagiarism, in order to go through with your degree. I'm like, oh, I'm a 45-year-old woman. I don't need to know anything about consent. Did, you know, I've been married for... And I thought, actually, yes, I do. I do. Yeah. This is a really good thing for me to know for myself, but then also to teach my children. Yeah, I, I thought there were things yeah. that I Absolutely. wasn't aware of that when it was raised. Yeah. Um, it was really important that kids definitely need to know that. Yeah, they need to ask, is that okay with you? Not, mm. here's this, I made it for you, you must accept it. Mm. Or, we're in a relationship, so do you know what? You have to do this. Yes. If you love me, you'll do it, even if you don't want, even if you don't want to. Yeah. Your opinion or what you want doesn't matter to me because I want to do this and I want you to do it. Yeah. I don't care if you don't want to. Yeah. And my last red flag that I'm going to talk about is rage. If you like, if you see if you're with somebody and you start to see that they can't control their anger, and their anger, you know, they're prone to blow ups. Massive red flag. You think that would be obvious, wouldn't you? Like that you see it, but it's one of those things that creeps up as well, mm. um, and it can happen um, when it's activated by drugs and alcohol. Um, so it doesn't just. It might not happen any other time. It might just be, you know, over drinks. That, that um, I suppose the uh, is not inhibited very well in people when they um, had a few drinks or you know doing drugs and that's the sort of time it can come out but not being aware of because that's the sort of thing it will come up it'll creep up on you and surprise you and and the shock that you talked about at the beginning of this conversation is uh, I'm sure that we've heard a lot of that from the ladies that come into got you, got your back sister is well I didn't I didn't expect that I didn't expect it to reach that um, level mm-hmm. and when uh, they're stripped of their confidence it's something that they just think that they have to put up with you know and they just block themselves out from the rage and hope that it's going to be over as quick as possible or protect the children yeah and make sure that everybody else is safe yeah, yeah. so i'm going to throw to you kaz now mm. we're going to play a game what, yeah what game is this I don't know what the name of that tune is, but um, I've got uh, three little pieces of paper here with scenarios on it, and I guess we're just going to pick one each. 
and have a conversation about um, what's okay and what's not okay in these in these scenarios. Uh, and I've chosen scenarios that have come from the Love Bites program, but we also use these scenarios in um, Rebuild and Reconnect. And I just think they're really interesting to discuss as a topic because well, it's you get everybody's not as opinion. black and white Yeah, you get everybody's looks. opinion. That's right. So um, we, we have red flags, we have orange flags, and we have green flags. And each one of these scenarios will hopefully identify some colours, <laughs> some traffic lights. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what have you got? You go first, Joey. Okay. My boyfriend, girlfriend, partner calls me names or makes fun of me. Is that okay? See, I, I'm i thinking, well, I'm thinking red flag or is that red flag? Is that orange flag? I'm probably saying. They're your flags. Ah, yeah. See, because my my, my oh, well, mine's I'm, a little orange. I'm orange. I'm definitely orange because yeah. depending on the situation, it, like you know, when you yeah. make fun of you, it's because you actually, be, yeah, you've done something that's funny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or it could be playful, you know, yeah. in jest that you might have a, a name for one another, but it's yeah. not insulting. Yes. If that makes sense. Yeah. Insulting red flag. Insulting red flag. Mm playing and having fun and actually you are having a good you're, you actually think it's funny yes yes it changes when yeah you don't see the funny side and you take offense to it yeah and that's when you say hey that's not okay yeah and you don't always have to do that on the spot you can sometimes wait until the situation has passed and come back to it yes. later when the emotional energy is out of it and come uh, you know a little bit later and say you know how you spoke to me earlier in front of all those people I didn't really appreciate that and I'd like that to not happen again. Yeah. And you know what? Any reasonable partner will go, I'm really sorry. I didn't, yeah. I didn't mean for that yeah. to hurt you or I didn't mean to embarrass you or upset you. Yeah. Yeah. Because what the red flag would be is high defensiveness. What? What are you talking about? I wouldn't do anything like that. And then try and, I suppose, put the blame on you. Yeah. You're just being sensitive. Yeah. Yep. Cool, yeah. Okay, so I've got here me to want to know where my boyfriend's girlfriend partner is all the time. You forgot to say it in the sixth sense. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It so it's creepy when you say it like that. Yeah. Is it okay for me want to want to know where my partner is all the time? That's a red flag for me. Me too. Yeah. Me, me too. too. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because um, I've had this in uh, Rebuild Reconnect before, and I and I said, well, a little bit orange, because we actually share an app as a family where we can find out where <laughs> yes. everybody is. So that in that circumstance, I can find out where any where my husband is. I can find out where my children are any time that I want to. I just keep forgetting that I have the app. Yeah, <laughs> and so I call them, and they're like. I'm driving right now. I was like, oh, sorry. Why didn't you just check the app? I don't know. I forgot. I don't I need it. to be creepy and, uh, you know, I, I forget I have it. So we've all agreed to be on that app, though. That's yes. something that's um, really important. Yeah, absolutely. And then I've got here, um, is it okay for me to text my partner to check up on them? <laughs> what are well, you going to say, Joe? Yeah. I, I, would, I would do an orange. Yeah. Because I, there'll be times that, you know, if you're expecting them home and it's been two hours... I would go, are you okay? Where and, are you? Yeah. When are you going to be home? <laughs> <laughs> so I would, I, I, I confess, I do do that after, after a while if I'm expecting them home and they're not, they're not, and my hu- husband's not at home. 
don't even have to confess. I think there's a normal concern. Like, don't you think sometimes we <laughs> get concerned about one another? For me, the key word in that is um, check up as opposed to checking in. I think you're talking about checking in. Yeah. And I don't need to check up. I, if I'm checking in, that's kind of different. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Oh, my turn? Mm-hmm. My boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, is it okay for my boyfriend, girlfriend, partner to hang out with their family or friends without me? With their family and friends. Yes, without me. That is okay. Huh. That's a green for me. Yeah. Yep. What if that person is the ex? Yeah, that's a red flag for me. <laughs> that, 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 that's, what's, what's a, that's a deal breaker. A deal breaker. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's and a deal breaker And it depends on me. what relationship they've got. Yeah. Um, because I know that we, I was saying before I've got a few friends that are still good friends with their ex-partners. Hmm. Um, that they've got children with, so family things, they would still hang out together, and which is really good for the children as well, but they've got really healthy relationships. They broke up because they simply were going different ways in their lives. So, um, yeah, yeah but I can understand if it's unhealthy, if it's mm. an unhealthy relationship right. that was, yeah, that would be a deal breaker too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there you go. That's a little taste of the game. And it's a really quick way to do the little – it's okay or it's not okay with me check in yeah and and if i can apply a red flag or an orange or a green yeah then i can be doing a mindful check-in with myself and know where i you know what's okay and how i can address that with the person that i'm with Mm. which is super important to be able to have a conversation be on the same page yeah with a partner and say hey how our relationship is going is not that way that I would like it to be because relationships about two people together yeah and the outcome of that conversation is a direction of where you are heading if it's a healthy outcome that's great but if it's not well then that's when you need to probably go back to the flags and go Mm. okay where am I going with this relation is this what I'm is this what I'm after yes yeah and I think if something doesn't sit right with you find a trusted person and actually a sounding board and talk to them and a trusted person, you know, who you can actually go, hey, this is happening for me or I'm kind of thinking this way. Is this normal? Do you think this is normal or healthy? Yeah. And somebody yeah. who's not in your family, somebody who's not your friend. Who uh, doesn't have a vested interest. Yeah, that's right. Who doesn't have an investment in your relationship succeeding or failing. So I think that that's really important to to make sure that you just have a blank person have that that blank person that can go yep neutral um person to say yeah this is what it looks like from over here yeah and i would say for anybody who's listening to this episode please feel free to have this conversation with your teenagers who are getting to the age where they are looking to have relationships and it's relevant for both you know boys and girls this whole conversation we really need to educate our kids Absolutely, don't we? That's where it starts. And I think that now that we have this conversation so much more, it's like our kids are the lucky ones because hopefully this is going to help them Mm. be the people and be in relationships that they want to. Absolutely. And, you know, we say it got you back, sister. You know, we wish we didn't need to exist and we'd love to see a world where there's no domestic violence, there's no abuse. And the one of the first ways that we go about ending domestic violence is actually to talk about it and to actually identify, okay, well, if these are red flags, what can we do? And educate our young people around healthy versus unhealthy relationships. Yeah, because, you know, none of those red flags are violent. Mm. You know, none of them are actually a fist, a physical action, they're everything that leads up to it. That coercive control, 
that's what those red flags are swimming around. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So if anybody who's listening wants any further information, they can reach out to us at Got Your Back Sister. You can look up www.gotyourbacksister with an A, sister with an A, dot com um, and get our contact details and reach out. Or, you know, if you are um, really concerned about where you're at, you can call Lifeline. They have a 24-hour support counselling, somebody that you can talk to about, you know, what's going on for you. And if you need help and you are looking like, you know, especially serious help, you can always call the domestic violence hotline, which is 1-800-RESPECT um, and get some advice. That's a 24-hour hotline as well and to get some advice around that. And Mel, another one um, is to, if you've got children, is to look at the Love Bites program and reach out to your schools and, and really encourage them to ask, put out the question to say, hmm. why don't we have this run at our schools to start started a youth yeah get that conversation with our young people yeah yeah Yeah, great point joey i I know what got you back sister there's five of us that are trained to run love bites and there are many many other organizations that have staff members that are trained facilitators that go to schools so there's people all over australia that are trained to run the program we just need the schools to go we want this to happen absolutely so worthwhile we do Yeah. yeah thank you girls thank you for coming into the podcast station and um helping us to educate more people around domestic violence Thanks for listening to Hey Soul Sister with Mel Histon. What would help you on your crazy life journey? Email melissa at thesistercode.com.